Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Touchdown Titans! There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! What is going on, guys? Sam, Nick, we're here. Titans Unfiltered, Music City Miracles, man, it's it's Code Hate Week, and we're going to try our best to hate, but hate in a respectable way, but we know this game is a big one. We know everybody's fired up for it. We're going to be commemorating some of the great Oilers of Oiler history. We already, the Titans put up the Oiler logo, and Nick, let me tell you, when I tell you that the, all of a sudden, it's, I think we're playing the Houston Texans, we're getting jumped. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to group chat with my fantasy football league. And uh, one of the guys there is from Houston. And naturally, he was, he went on a big rant about how it was his stolen valor and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's, it's just sour grapes. And I'm not someone who um, is head over heels. Like, I know people are obsessed with the logo and they're, I mean, the colors, you just can't beat them. Um, I've never, you know, I, wasn't a fan of the Houston Oilers. So I don't, I don't connect with it maybe as some do, but you just can't deny that the color combination, the oil Derek, I mean, can't hate on it. Yeah. I mean, it. Well, next year when we're able to rock those jerseys, you, I mean, you had to expect the Oiler Jersey sales to go through the roof. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's old school. It's storied. Like I want, I want an Oiler, like I want an Earl Campbell Jersey, like bad. Uh, it'd probably be something that like I probably invest in, especially when we're like we're rocking them. So yeah. I mean, they're gonna sell, they're gonna be big, and I mean, we get to. Um, I mean, there's like 80 former Oilers coming to the game on Sunday. Is it really? I didn't. I didn't yeah, know it's gonna be. It's gonna be great, man. And like I, I expect, I expect that uh, Titans come out a little bit more inspired to kind of like when you're playing against old school, like. So like my I'm a P like I, I'm a PA announcer from a high school football team and this and like uh they're starting to do their reunions. So a lot of old school okay. football, a lot of old school football players from the 60s and stuff are gonna be at the football game on Friday. So like the as a coach and as a team, like you're gonna play a little bit more inspired because like those guys won state championships, those guys won championships, so they like they help build the franchise brick by brick when it comes to like the oils and titans and stuff like that. So you don't want to like you you plan on showing out in front of those guys and that's like the type of like vibe that i get whenever i see like stuff like that with those guys coming well and you've got two things to it so you got that which is a big deal and also if you look at week one how flat they came out for the home opener like you know like we said after that pod like i, I think um that was probably the best titans fan representation i'd seen in a while people were hyped and then it was just the biggest letdown ever. So, you know, they're, they're going to want redemption for that and, you know, build off that big win, show the fans a good time and, you know, reestablish that, that home field advantage you're supposed to have, because that was nowhere to be seen in week one. 
Terrible. From what I've seen um, around the league, the people were saying that like the fans are back, but like the home field doesn't feel like it was there. I got to be honest. So uh, there was a lot of moments in that Seahawk game where it felt like home field advantage was doing just fine for those guys. Yeah. 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 uh, yeah, uh, I did like what was Variable's question. They asked uh, how the crowd noise affected affected yeah. them. He's like the beginning or the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was definitely there. I, um, the Titans just did a good job of shutting them up. So, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I think I think we just had to whittle away. And I, I, I mean, you can attest. I think at the first game with the Titans too, like I think the crowd was into it and players were hyped, and then just it, it died so quickly that yeah. they couldn't t- get a chance to build on it there was no like there was no fighting back in order like because of the fact that they got up on us so by like 10 like right off the bat it was just it like it it wasn't something that where we were we didn't do anything in order to make that home field advantage feel come back like to come back yeah. that way i mean midway through the third like it just felt like it was just kind of over we'll see exactly like kind of what happens and whatnot and it was a different situation like if you flip the cardinal score in the third quarter then like i'm sure like that crowd noise would have been an issue for arizona to get back going the titans just did a good uh, good job when they were on the road of making a game out of it by making plays yep. because we're built we are built if we're able to not abandon our running game and we can and henry can kind of get going we're built for like a crazy environment like that because you don't have to you don't have to do a whole lot of talking at the line when you're like hey listen we're running left with henry like you know what i mean like it just works yeah so i mean you, you can kind of get in that situation but. i mean i feel like i'm on repeat whenever i talk about keys to the game um but starting fast is so crucial for what the titans do both to get the run game going and allow them to do what they like to do on offense um but to keep that energy going and build on it especially with a rival coming into town like, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about this game. Even if Wentz doesn't play, I just feel like the Colts um, have had our number for so long. And maybe that's just a result of having to play Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck for so many years. But yeah. they just make me nervous. And, you know, like I said, um, when we were reviewing the Seahawks game, maybe the biggest rule of Titans football is that they perform opposite of expectations. So if, if you know, Easton starts, everyone's be like, oh, here we go. Time for a big win. That's what I get most nervous. Oh my god! So, um, you know, on paper, I think the Titans should be favored in this game, um, but they have to they have to start fast. They can't let the Colts get a foot in the door because the Colts kind of play the same style, right? They want to run right. the ball, they want to control the flow of the game. Um, so the Titans have to be the ones, you know, to to do that first. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's similar to the whole factor where like you see a situation kind of like how Houston's like a dumpster fire right now. And then you see mm-hmm. the Panthers going in there and then they're supposed to be favored. I, I like, as soon as I found out that Tyrod Taylor was out, I was like, put a hundred dollars on the Panthers. I'll probably lose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Houston, yeah. Houston's going to come out when big. And, but that, yeah. like, I, I feel like that that's like a mentality that sticks to players where they think, Oh, we should, we should be able to handle business here. They, you got to go in, you got to go in thinking we got to get up. We got to, we got to run the ball. We got to play as hard as we possibly can and just act like the scoreboard is not there and just block, block, tackle, pass the ball, catch the ball, get everything going and just execute. And 
I'm really, really hoping that AJ Brown has figured out, like, I'm sure maybe, maybe he bought a new pair of gloves. Like, yeah. like maybe he called Jerry Rice and got some stick them. Like, I don't care what has to happen, but I expect, I expect AJ to show up on Sunday. Yeah, I think it would be smart of the Titans to go to him right away on that first drive, whether, you know, it'd be little wide receiver bubble screen or slant just to get him going, um, you know, both for his energy and for the rest of the team. I think that would be a great way to kick off the drive. Start start by feeding AJ. Yeah. And um, I know that um, I went to the coach game last year. We lost and then we like demolished him on the road. Mm. Um I would really like, I'd really like for us to be really, really good at home. And then if we're going to like, if we, like, if we, to play a little bit better at home than you do on the road, I think it's just so good for a fan base. And I'm hoping that we can kind of get our, uh, get our home thing going here because we got, with just so much excitement around this team. I feel like that if we played better at home that, you know, we'd fill those, we'd fill the stands up better. It'd be better for like the whole atmosphere in yep. Nashville and stuff like that. So I'm hope I, I really do want to get, I really want to get started early and I would be okay if this game was, if I'd be okay if we came out and we just like rolled and it was kind of like over, like I'd be mm-hmm. so much better than that. than even if it's like, I know closer games are more exciting, but we need one of those games where we just roll. Like we haven't had one of those yet. And I know it took a while before we had one last year, but we need it. Yeah, and if you look at the schedule, I know that there's some tough games coming up, but Brutal. this but this next this immediate stretch is Colts, Jets, Jaguars. So if the Titans are gonna be this team that we think they can be, you know, I made the joke that they perform opposite of expectations, but if they're gonna be a team that can really go deep in the playoffs, they need to go three and zero in this stretch. Yep. Yep. You need you need to take care of teams you should take care of. Um, and so that's what they got to do. It's, you know, if they drop one of that, it's not going to be the end of the world. But I think it would tell us a lot about this team if they can't beat people who they should beat. So it starts with the Colts, you know, especially if Eason starts. Um, we'll get into it with Lawrence, our guest, later. But, you know, I think the Colts should sit him instead of, you know, trot him out there on his little scooter um as a statue i mean i, I would be okay with that honestly but uh, we might uh, we may have a better chance to be honest with you it can't yeah. be that mobile there's i don't yeah. care there's no way that he goes into that game and he's like able to kind of bounce around if you get any kind of pressure if i mean mm-hmm. i don't understand what he's like oh during times where he's on the sideline he's just going to be like in a wheelchair oh i'm good like get up and go out there yeah. and just ball out like it yeah. I just don't understand. <laughs> like Paul Pierce, just wheel him out there. Man, yeah. like, oh, um, let's be back. Hobble yeah. out there and then just throw yeah. for like four TDs. I'm like, what? Yeah, because they don't have, I'm, you know, he's kind of a long developing passer and he's not the quick, he's not a quick thrower. And they don't really have a lot of like, you know, unless Paris Campbell is good to go, you know, the shifty guys that can get open quickly, um, you know, T.Y. Hilton out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I, I think this is going to be a real telling game if they can beat the division rival that they should be at home and then kick off a three-game stretch. Yeah, um, I will tell everybody this, anybody that's listening right now, just uh, I don't I don't foresee that Jets game being easy. There's going to be a lot of like – and then, of course, we're going to have a uh, – we're going to have really fun on the internet whenever Corey Dav- we got Corey Davis we're playing. Like, yeah. That's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to hear that. So, <laughs> see, I don't. I mean, 
Did you watch Zach Wilson last week? He's bad. I know he's <laughs> he, he is bad. But the but thing that, that, is that's, that's that small child uh, breaking down the film, or right? Whatever that was. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that think that he is going to be able to kind of develop his game and be a decent quarterback, and he may. But um, yeah, I, I mean, just he not may, in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he may he may calm down and figure it out. But I, I mean. If he does come out and balls out against us, I'm not going to be surprised. You, like, you know, it, yeah, like, again, that's the kind of stuff that would happen for Titans. He'll, like, he'll suck again this weekend, and then um, that'll be the game that gives Jets fans hope. But he looked he looked awful last week. So unless he does something miraculous this weekend, I'm trying to remember who they play. Um, I think maybe, maybe they calm the game down for him somehow. I feel like maybe they're trying to force feed him too much. They got the Broncos against this. It's probably you know, the, the, Bron- the two no Broncos. Yeah, so. the Broncos are probably smacking them. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, all of his confidence is shot. After the problem, that. the problem with the Broncos is that they they're able to get they're able to get such a good pass rush that they if, yeah. if he's gonna throw interceptions, he'll throw he'll throw two next week. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just that's tough. That's a really tough spot to put a young quarterback in. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to like our O line, I mean, granted, we saw we saw a couple stop time uh, injury timeouts, and then you got Ben Jones. I, I saw the tweet from. Um, oh man, I'm drawing a daggum blank. All of a sudden, I saw a tweet from one of our analysts. Oh, that gummit. I can't think today, but I saw a tweet about uh, Ben Jones being down on the field while we were, while it was that commercial. And I remember being like, wait, what? Like I didn't see anybody hurt. And then it comes back and I'm like, oh yeah, while we were at commercial, so-and-so was down. And I'm like, dude, what the heck? And then of course, Stafford goes down twice and I'm just sitting in my head. I'm like, dude, it's the last thing that we need. Yeah. I will say Brewer actually looked pretty good when he played in relief. Um, that that was good. At least no, we have some competent backups. But yeah, man, those those old guys uh, they they worry me. I mean, think about Saffold last last year. I feel like down the stretch, that was like the regular thing for him. He'd like you know sit out a fourth of the game yeah. each game. It felt like, um, and I'll be really interested to see what the deal is with Lawan. Um, and if he's good to go, um, I kind of hope he is so that, you know, we have some additional depth on the offensive line going into it, but dude, I'm, I'm honestly worried about Tannehill because he cannot continue to take shots like he has these past couple games. I saw you, I saw your tweet. I saw you tweet of the eyes that they got an ice bath or whatever. I was like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's got angels in the outfield, you know, flapping their arms behind him. Oh no, not Ryan. Uh, Um, He is getting (laughs) Smack. He ran. No, he ran the. I mean, he ran for a couple first down. I mean, he's he's moved. He's still mobile. Um, Literally, he was running for his life. Because yeah, he was taking an absolute yeah. beating in the backfield. So. Yeah, I would like to not see that because when when you give a quarterback that's been running for his life a good line like they typically ball that. Look at Matt Stafford. I mean, uh, he, yeah, like he's having a he's gonna have the year of his life this year because he has a line. He didn't know what to do. He's like, yeah, I don't have to run. Oh, sling it, touchdown. Yeah, but. We got to kind of sure that up. I think there was a couple plays in there where Henry uh, stayed in the block that worked out really well because Henry did mm-hmm. a good, good job picking up a couple blocks back there. But I don't care what we got to do. Like, I'm a huge fan of running trips tight end and having a tight end kind of knock off on the edge. And then if you got to keep the back in there, keep him in there, just kind of when you keep a back in there, it kind of takes away 
some of the play action options in order if you really want him to block block. But yeah, um, whatever you got to kind of do to give him, yeah, I mean, he's got to have it. Got to give the guy more than three seconds for like they coming this screaming at him. Yeah, and I mean, you saw a phone. You saw another 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 sack fumble, and I mean, we got to clean it up. I mean, we got a long way to go before we can even think about being contenders in the AFC, let alone the NFL. Mm -hmm. Some of these other teams that are just balling out. We saw Kansas City look really sharp against Baltimore. I went to sleep. They were up. They were up a good little amount. And I wake up. Baltimore's already came back and won the game. I'm like, what the hell's going on? But these teams in the NFL, they just, I mean, the NFL's just different, man. And like the, the top teams right now in the NFL, or just made different. The only for sure team right now that just looks really solid that like I haven't seen any kind of like holes in. It's been Tampa Bay, but they have well, even back. even even Matty Ice. They were they were like keeping it close there for a little while, and then he threw what two pick sixes? Uh, yeah, two pick sixes. <laughs> that game that. St- that game didn't start out. That game started out as uh, it was going to be over really yeah. fast. Yeah, but they they, they, they were able to kind of back, back a little bit. But they have the no, offense they- to kind of do that though. They should. Yeah. No, the I mean, the AFC picture is weird. Like, who would have thought two undefeated teams would be Oakland and Denver? Um, just, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr on top of the AFC. Wouldn't have guessed it. But um, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Like, I, I think um, we're seeing that, you know, anyone can beat anyone here. But also, like, when you get those um, clogged conference um, uh, standings, that's when winning your division becomes even more important because there's going to be a ton of teams with like 10 wins or whatever. And then you, you don't want, you don't want to rely on a tiebreaker to get in the playoffs. And I'm kind of feeling like that's, what's going to happen if you don't win your division. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and dude, there's still a chance that there's still a chance that Oakland or Denver probably still ends up with the losing record to the way the NFL goes. You never know. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Gruden is going to bungle this somehow. I don't know how it is yet. He, they're look, but they're looking too good. And, uh, I feel like this happened last year. They got off to a hot yep. start, and then Derek Carr is going to turn back into a pumpkin, and Gruden's going to make some questionable calls, and it'll be back to back to where they were last yeah, year. Yeah, he'll but. be back to making that chucky face on the sideline, yeah. just sucking <laughs> it up, dude. Yeah, I mean, just terrible. I mean, so I mean, going into this week, I mean, give me give me a couple things that you're looking for for us to kind of improve upon in order to kind of get this team in the right direction. Um, I'd like to see them build off of their second half performance uh, on defense last week. Um, You know, I think you just saw Bradley McDougald got released and Crookshank got involved a lot more. So I'd like to see um, how they involve him and to continue building on that. Um, It's just better secondary play. Like, like I said, if if they can cut out the big plays, like this defense can be pretty good. So Mm. what, you know, they've given up two to three big plays, each week and you know this this isn't a super explosive offense that the Colts have um you know you got some good weapons like Michael Pittman but we're not going to face a Tyler Lockett um you know we're not going to face a DeAndre Hopkins or even a Christian Kirk necessarily with that or Rondé on lower with the kind of you know explosiveness they have so I would like to see a lack of big plays given up by the defense I think that's going to be a huge key um, cause that's also what's going to keep them in the game, either if, you know, Wentz is hurt or if Eason is in, um, and then I would like to just see efficiency on offense. Um, love what Henry did, but that was a career high in touches for him. Yeah. Like 
we got to look at the big picture too. And that's not sustainable for as much of a freak as Derrick Henry is. He cannot, he does, he can't rely on him to do that every single game. Yeah. So we got to be more efficient with our touches. Um, you know, let me see some more McNichols. Like I thought he had some good flashes last week. Um, give Henry a rest. I want to see, you know, AJ not dropping the ball. Um, just yet by being more efficient, I think, you know, we can keep Henry fresh um, and control the game the way we want. Yeah. <clears throat> McNichols was a big time contributor last year. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, like we kind of got it. We, the reason that I feel like we got, a, uh, we got away from it and weren't able to use that much in this game is because we were fighting back so much that they were kind of like, yeah. all right, McNichols, here's a carry. All right, Derek, get back in. Like, like I, and I, and I get it, but we also were in a weird spot. Right. So, I mean, if you give us, if you give us like that, third down reach out first down back and of course the eight the julio jones touchdown like i get it blah 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 like it puts it puts in a different position where we're not in a bad spot to where we're like fighting back so much and then we're just like riding henry riding henry riding henry Mm. but i'm sure henry at the same time was on the side i'm like listen like right now like feed me and i understand but sometimes you gotta save a player from themselves so uh in that kind of situation i'm sure it was it worked out great for us this week but ray was kind of got to be like hey like that was great we rode you we rode your big guy but i'd rather do that in a afc championship game or a divisional round game ride you then than to ride you at the very at the second game of the season when we got 15 more games to play you know like yeah by the time he gets to game 17 he's gonna be in the ice but he's gonna be in that little uh those uh chambers like just with like negative 130 degrees trying to freeze a man to try to get his muscles back i I mean and if he's not if he's not if he's able to kind of get that going then you can just hang it up when it comes to henry being like one of the top three running backs of all time because that's going to be insane yeah and that's the thing too like you said he'll be the one to say feed me and the coaching staff's going to have to figure out you know, they have to put him in a position where he doesn't have to do that. Right. So make the most of opportunities, um, give him some rest. Um, this is another instance where, you know, not having Evans is just, it hurts. Like I said, McNichols has been good. Um, you know, I, I haven't really expected much out of Sargent, but um, not having a guy who can come in and spell Henry for a couple plays, or, you know, even a series. Yeah. Um, they're going to need him back and being a factor because it's, yeah, like I said, it's just not going to be sustainable. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I, I do think whenever we're in certain situations, when it's third and less than four and like McNichols, like you hand it off to him, like out of the shotgun or, and look, kind of let him like be a little shit. He's a little shifty. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he can, he can pick up what you need to kind of keep the drives going. We just, uh, every once in a while, you got to leave him in for, you know, more than one play and kind of right. see if he can kind of make some plays happen in there. Just yep. uh, figure that out. And then if he's not able to kind of do anything after a couple carries, then you, you're going to have to pass the ball and get the first down and let Henry kind of, you know, let Henry kind of get three or four plays off every once in a while. Like he can't play. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't need to be in there 90% of the time uh, because it eventually we're, we're increasing his risk for injury. And we're just like, we're wearing down that body. And I'd like to get, I'd like Henry to be able to get, you know, two, three more years like of this high productivity, just to kind of finish etching his name and, and like for himself and for our team in general, yeah. I don't want to wear him out. Uh, I, I, he's, I mean, granted, I, I, there is nobody else that's been built like this, being able to do what he does. I get it. 
All right, so now that we've, uh, I mean, so we know we got the coast coming up, so we know what we need to work on. Uh, let's go ahead and get us a different perspective here. Let's, we got a guest for you this week, guys. So we're going to bring on Lawrence uh, Owen. Uh, Cowboys Law and Believe in Coats podcaster, the guy knows his coats. He can give us the inside of it. And believe it or not, the Coats fans are just as crazy as you Titan fans. And he'll, uh, we're going to dig into that because he can tell us a little I'm bit about skeptical. that. I'm still skeptical. I'm still skeptical. He said so, but we'll see exactly what we think about that. All right. Well, Nick, you know, we got a big uh, we got a big matchup coming up with the Colts. Always a fun one. Always a big rivalry. Uh, the talk's already going. So uh, we got to We got to get into it. We're going to talk to a guy that really knows what's going on with the Colts, kind of covers the Colts, Colts law and believe in Colts. So we got Lawrence Owen with us here this afternoon. Lawrence, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, dealing with some serious rain in my area. But other than that, man, I think everything's doing great. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Yeah, man. I Nick. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's rained like the past five days in Nashville. Yeah. Right? It's it's been yeah, I think I yeah, since Thursday I, last week. I'm in the process of thinking about building an arc just in case. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> my I tell you what, I tell you what's hurt the most. My golf game is taking a beating because of the fact that like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I like to golf. The past three Tuesdays and Wednesdays, it's just been like it's uh it's been raining like nonstop. Even if it doesn't want to rain throughout the rest of the week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays automatic rain like i don't know <laughs> what it is about that man it's just it's just like it's just like somebody out there has just like oh we're just gonna ruin this guy's golf game it's terrible i got a company golf thing i'm supposed to do for pepsi on next tuesday and i'm like guys i haven't golfed in two months you do not want me out there. but <laughs> it is what it is but man hey, if you have to blame it on the weather i mean you got to blame someone it's going to be ugly no matter what right it's so, a lot of you it does a lot of user error on there but at least yeah. i have something to fall back on <laughs> yeah, you now got the weather. I, when i'm taking out a couple of windows on the golf course i'm like hey what do you want me to do it's been raining like i got something to say now but no man so we you know we got the matchup for the coast man it's always a fun one and uh you know there's always a lot of chirping going on it's a huge uh huge divisional game everybody kind of jockeying for position uh, you know how our division's been it's been kind of rough uh just a rough start to the season for the division man but uh, from your standpoint, looking at it from the coat side, I mean, what is it that you guys are? Uh, would, well, obviously, we know Carson Wentz, but uh, give us like your take on the coat season thus far. Yeah, it's it's been pretty well uh, dictated by injuries. Uh, the Colts season has, and the offensive line uh, has had injuries throughout all of training camp and preseason. No one's been able to get any kind of consistency with each other. Uh, obviously, we know about the Carson Wentz, and he's been having his issues between, you know, foot surgery and then COVID, and now both ankles uh, are sprained. One of them, I assume, from what I understand, is a high ankle sprain, so he's questionable. We don't know if he'll be starting or if uh, second-year quarterback Jacob Eason will be starting this Sunday. Um, and then, of course, a bunch of other injuries out there with, like, obviously Paris Campbell didn't play last week. Uh, our starting cornerback uh, hasn't played yet this year in Xavier Rhodes, but there's there's hopes that he might be able to play this week. Braden Smith ain't been able to play outright tackle because of a foot injury for him as well. So there's there's a bunch of question marks. But even with all these injuries and question marks and stuff, I, I was pleasantly surprised with how the Colts handled the Rams game on Sunday, being that, you know, I feel like the Rams are 
maybe the best team in the NFC, and they took them all the way down to the wire. I honestly feel like the Colts should have won that game had they been able to score uh, on either of those drives in the first quarter when they got within the five-yard line and ended up turning the ball over. So um, even with all the injuries, I think the Colts uh, still have a lot to look forward to this season. What's, uh, you know, I know it's only been two games, but um, how has the offense looked different this year? Um, Obviously, you said the offensive line struggles, but how does the offense look different from Phillip Rivers to moving to Carson Wentz? Oh, that's, it's it's like night and day. Um, When when you had Phillip Rivers in there, there there wasn't a whole lot of RPOs. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, Mm. uh, rollouts, things of that nature. And with with Wentz, it seems like you're, you're seeing a lot of plays where you're kind of utilizing his mobility and you're, you're seeing a lot of stuff where even though there are plays where he can shove the ball downfield a little bit more in the tight mm-hmm. windows. So I, I like that a lot more than what we had with Rivers. No knock on Rivers. He's a great quarterback. He just didn't have the mobility or the arm strength to do a lot of the things that Carson Wentz can do. Yeah. And I know like one of the things that Rivers was good at was getting rid of the football. He had like the fourth lowest sack percentage in 2020 and 2020 Carson Wentz led the league in sack percentage. Has that been an issue? Um, Obviously offensive line play is going to factor into that, but has he been holding on to the ball a lot longer than what you remember with Phil Rivers? When he's not under pressure, he gets rid of the ball fairly quickly. But the problem is what I'm noticing is like, there's times when the offensive line is just awful and someone gets through immediately. And instead of throwing the football away, he's trying to get away and look down the field. So that does kind of tend into where he's holding the ball a little bit longer rather than just, you know, throwing it away and calling the down a a loss, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, you do see that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so offensive line obviously has been like a strength of this team, Mm -hmm. like like for a while now, but I mean, you got the 26th in pass block on the win rate though. So far as you think that just has a lot to do with like the injuries. I mean, you you lost Costanzo. I mean, you think it has just, is that factoring into the fact that they just haven't been able to have like that chemistry get like rolling like they usually do? Yeah, I think, uh, well, between the chemistry being the, okay. So, you look at it this way, Ryan Kelly, the, the Pro Bowl center, he's he's been out a lot of preseason and training camp due to a hyperextended elbow. Quentin Nelson had the foot surgery. Uh, he was out all but like three snaps in pre- training camp and practice. Um, Eric Fisher uh, just started his first game last week. And the backups over there have been terrible at both tackles. With And then, of course, Braden Smith, the only guy that's played every snap through training camp to see, uh, through the season has been uh, right guard Mark Lewinsky. Uh, so it's just it's just been a mismatch. And I think you're right. It has a lot to do with with chemistry, with those guys getting snaps, getting back on kind of getting back to the normal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, we dealt with that a lot whenever we had Luan that was kind of out. And then, I mean, he took a lot of slack for how that Arizona game went, but most people just don't know. I mean, when you're when you're out of those games that and you don't get those reps in a game, it's mm-hmm. it's night and day. You can't get that in practice, you know. So I mean, that's what. So I mean, I definitely can understand that. We get that from our standpoint, but people just don't understand that. I can't. Um, I can't remember. Is, is Fisher making his debut? 
this weekend? Is that official? No, no. He played 67% of the snaps against the Rams. Did he play last week? Okay. Yes, I he thought, did. I thought, okay. And wh- so that's... While he was in, he looked really, really good. Yeah. But the, like I said, he only played 67% of the snaps. Yeah. He's on a pitch count because, gotcha. of, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of practice between the point where he was released to practice and then it was time to play. And they went ahead and said, you know what? Game snaps are very important. So let's throw them yeah. in there. And that's what they did. Okay. Okay. Do you expect him then to be at full run this weekend? Uh, probably, uh, from what I'm under, he's not on the injury report right now. You don't see anything where it says, you know, that he's limited or anything. Mm-hmm. He's been full practice. I, I think he'll be a full go against the, the Titans this Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And we've talked, you know, about the struggles of the offensive line, but what is one aspect of the offense that's far that's really impressed you? Wow. Um, the big plays. I, I, I like the plays uh, after the catch, the yak yards. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of people that are stepping up. Michael Pittman Jr. had a heck of a game yeah. um, against uh, the Rams, like 128 yards receiving. Um, and then, of course, another receiver, Zach Paschal, who is the only guy on the Colts so far that even has a receiving touchdown, and he's got three of them this year in the two games. He's He's doing fantastic as well. And those are two guys that needed to step up in that process with uh, T.Y. Hilton on IR and Paris Campbell missing last week due to an abdomen abdomen injury. Man, that word is so hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, I, I hate that uh, Pascal and Doyle have stuck on the Colts all these years after we released them and, and, and made us hurt for it. So ho- I'm hoping they don't look for additional revenge this weekend. Man, Pascal is so good. He is such an underrated receiver right now. I, I feel like he's probably our best route runner on the team. Mm. And he, he knows how to get open in, in man coverage. So so uh, just very, very solid, dependable receiver. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're yeah. Welcome. So, obviously, Hans uh, uh, is torn. The, he's torn the Titans up in the past. So, he had 243 yards in two games last season. So, you're expecting him to be another X factor for you guys? Uh, yeah, especially since the fact that uh, Carson Wentz is hobbled right now. So, it'll either be Wentz or, like I said, Jacob Eason. And the run game hasn't been as effective as what the Colts would like to see it so far. Uh, I could see a lot of screen pla- screen passes or flat passes out to Hines uh, in this game. Whether or not he'll get a whole bunch of carries carrying the ball up the gut, we never know one, from one game to the next. Uh, but I, I really do expect him to be utilized a lot in the passing game. And um... – how, how do you think that going to the other side of the ball, um, what, what's your take been on the defense thus far? That's another, I feel like the Colts, a lot of times when people talk about them, it's, you know, the run game and offensive line and then the staunch defense. Uh, and obviously you guys, you guys have maybe one of the hardest schedules to start the season that I've ever seen. Uh, and it's not stopping after Tennessee. I think you got like your first six games are ridiculous. Um, but what have, what have your thoughts been on the defense thus far? Um, against those good offenses well they've given up a couple big plays uh week one against uh the team you guys know quite well the eagles right um (laughs) uh we gave up two big plays um for touchdowns so that was an issue we we didn't give up a lot of air yards against the rams though uh Mm. some yak yards happened but um i guess that's better than giving up 
air yards. I, I honestly, I, I think that right now our pass defense is, is kind of questionable, especially with Kenny Moore um, right now, not looking the best in the world uh, as, as he has looked over the last, you know, three, four years for the Colts. He's looked absolutely outstanding, but I think that having our number one corner out in Xavier Rhodes has kind of really took its toll on the entire entirety of the pass defense. The front seven still playing very, very solid football, though. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about that, so obviously we know that Julio and Henry for us had really big games last week. So, I mean, what do you think that your coach defense is going to have to do to prepare for that big three in order to slow that down just a little bit? Whew, that's See, that's a scary situation. Um uh, I sat here and I watched that game and I was like, you know what? When Derrick Henry's not moving, then the Titans don't look as scary. But then, then you see the Derrick Henry start coming on in the second and third quarter and Ryan Tannehill just lights the world on fire, right? I mean, it didn't matter whether Julio was there this year or last year when you guys had Davis and, 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 and Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a scary situation. I think that you're, we're going to have to just play the ball that they normally play. I don't see a lot of man coverage in this game for the Colts. Uh, I think they're going to play a lot of zone, uh, allow catches underneath and try like heck not to let, uh, Brown and Julio Jones get behind them too much. I think they're going to play a lot of cover too deep. Yeah. I don't, did you see, um, Julian Blackman's uh, presser today about talking about tackling Henry. I thought he did a pretty good job in terms of, you know, um, he didn't make the mistake some people did who said, oh, we're not afraid of him. He acknowledged that it's a tough task, but that you're going to have to do it with gang tackling. And I always feel like that Colts defense is one that swarms. Um, so I, it's definitely not going to be a push over there. Um, well, it's, 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 it's a business decision when you're going yeah. into the box against Henry. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. when, when, when you got guys, uh, swarming with you to tackle somebody, it makes that business decision a lot easier, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the turnovers you guys did have in your front seven is going from Justin Houston to Quiddy pay. How has Quiddy looked thus far? Well, I mean, he's not Justin Houston yet, obviously. Yeah. He's just a rookie, right? Uh, you do see flashes from him. He's got a lot of good mm-hmm. outside edge speed. He still needs to work on a few things, especially his counter moves and things of that nature. Uh, his initial move is good, but once he's uh, hit up uh, with uh, – if the tackle is able to stop his initial move, he doesn't have a counter to go to uh, mm-hmm. as well. But that's, that's what happens when you're a rookie. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think he's got the tools to make some some things happen, but it also depends a lot on whether or not is, is Taylor going to be playing. Uh, t- yeah, is Taylor going to be playing this game? He practiced, he practiced today, so I mean, we'll see. It didn't. It looked like somebody said that he just he aggravated some tissue. I don't know if he tore a little bit or what it was. So it just depends. It's one of those tricky situations where I'm sure that. Uh, if you ask a bunch of our fan base, they're going to be 50-50 on if we should let him play or if we should let him rest. Mm-hmm. The thing was is the way that the way that the offensive line was able to kind of – they were able to kind of just do enough last week in order to, for us to make that comeback, 
then it it makes it a really tough as a coach. Like as a coach, you're like, of course we want him in there. I mean, obviously, but at the same time, it's like, do we kind of let him try to get back to 100 depending on like the whole situation? But it's a divisional game, so it's so big. So yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, with the with the knee and being a lineman and putting all that weight on it and the run blocking that we do all the time, like it's a really tough situation and i'm glad i don't have to make the decision let's put it that way (laughs) right well honestly the the most of the pressure whether it's run or pass um defense is generally coming up the gut so far this year with the indianapolis colts with deforest buckner and grover stewart buckner's in the backfield of the other team's uh offense so much this offseason he's not landing home a whole lot but he's getting back here and getting a lot of disruption how uh my question I'm, I'm just curious, how, how, how are you feeling about that matchup between Buckner and, say, your center and your guard? Um, well, the, our first episode, we were laughing because uh, our right guard, Nate Davis, had probably the lowest uh, pass blocking score I've ever seen on Pro Football Focus. He had a 1.6. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, yeah, 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 that's that's what we said. Yeah. Um, he he's you know this is his third year he really made some big strides last year and he's become a good run blocker um he wasn't that bad at pass blocking last year though but that was where he needed to take the next step and he's kind of gone in reverse um you know roger saffold and ben jones are two vets who can handle themselves so i would say that nate davis would be um where i'd be concerned because i think he gave up like five freshers that first game Um, so if 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 buckner is lining up over davis all day yeah, it could be could be a little ugly. Could be a long day. And then uh, Ben Jones got shaken up a couple of times last yeah. game. I'm hoping that that's not and Saffold. That both yeah. both of them were yeah. out of the game at points last last week. So yeah, I, I just so hopefully that's not like an issue. Every time I every time a lineman takes forever to get up, I think every Tennessee Titans fan is holding their breath. I think every I think a lot of teams in the league are holding their breath. I think that may be like one of the least depth positions like right now like all the way across the board in the nfl it's like lineman right now yeah big drop offs yeah it it, it is that way it is that way i've I've noticed that it's like with the colts you know when when an offensive lineman goes down you're looking at it especially when it's a tackle tackles are so rare good tackles are so rare in the nfl Mm -hmm. that if your starter goes down and you're just like oh no i better we better have running backs and tight ends over there helping like crazy because uh, if you don't then you're scared to death to watch your quarterback step back in the pocket you know yeah (laughs) yeah uh i was gonna say uh yeah grover stewart i think is one of the more underrated players in the nfl and um i feel like that's you know their confidence in him is one of the reasons why they were fine letting Autry come to our team, which we had no interior pressure at all last year. So thanks for letting him come over. Uh, He's, he's, he's made an impact already this year. Um, But who are some other players, you know, that Titans fans might not be super familiar with, but are going to have an impact on Sunday. Uh, That's a good question. Um, We talk a defense or offense. Either, Either side of the ball, either side of the ball. Well, I would say Marlon Mack, but you guys know Marlon Mack pretty well. Um, well, we do know him, but what uh, you know, he was out all last year. What's what's his role been coming back this season? Uh, he he did not take a snap in week one. In week two, he came in in the fourth quarter and really changed the dynamic of the run game. Really? Uh, yeah, he's he's a completely different runner than what Jonathan Taylor is. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor is that that hit the hole, hit you if you don't tackle him, he's gone. Right, kind of right. like Derrick Henry in, in that aspect. Yeah. 
not quite as big and strong as Henry, but faster than Henry, you know, Um, whereas Marlon Mack is one of those guys where he's going to look at the offensive line and kind of move the offensive line as he goes, uh, Mm -hmm. directing them to help help him gain more yards. So uh, Marlon Mack is, is very, very good at that. And he's shown still, uh, even with that Achilles injury that he had week one last year, he came back and this, this training camp showed that he still has every bit of movement that he had before injury. And that, that was something that we were a lot worried about with that. Um, but yeah, I, I like Marlon Mack. I think that he'll probably get more carries against the Titans than what he did uh, week two, which of course was more than zero carries against uh, Seattle in week one. But another player I think you guys need to watch out for um, is uh, Kimoko Ture. Uh, mm. Kimoko Ture is a NASCAR pass rusher. Um, <laughs> if you understand what that means. Uh, he's, he's the guy that comes in on, on second and third and long, uh, for, for, for pass defense, just, he's a pass rush specialist is what he does. And he is incredibly fast and has really, really good bend. So if there's ever a time when, um, uh, Henry and, and, and Tannehill's not able to get a good, you know, three, four, five yards, uh, plus on first down, you might see him line up out there on the defensive inside and he's he's very good he's very very good yeah well we're still like uh we have ptsd from chandler jones so uh <laughs> hopefully we don't see Teray do the same thing um but yeah, yeah when that we talk- could definitely be an opportunity for some of these pass rushers yeah when we when we talk about pass rushers we were hope i was really hoping you weren't going to say anybody about rushing any kind of pass that's the last thing i want to hear, hear right now is anything about getting any pressure we because we still run it we're still running into the same issue like i mean we still I mean, we still have Tannehill getting smacked from behind and fumbling the ball. I'm surprised that they're not like telling him, like, listen, like you gotta, you gotta either shuffle up into the pocket or you gotta, you gotta like roll out or like something because they we're getting we're giving up so much on his blind side, and that's where those fumbles are coming from. They're not technically even his fault. And I, I mean, even I was kind of like, oh man, like Tanny, and then people were like, man, he can't do anything about it. I mean, I get it. But there has to be like I don't know if we need to block the running back. Henry did phenomenal in the pass blocking game, by the way, on Sunday, which was huge. But I mean, there's like certain things we have to do to give him that opportunity until we can figure out what we need to do in order to be able to for him to drop back and make something happen. When he comes out from behind center, he's got no time. Oh my goodness! Does he not have a room up in the pocket to step up to get to, to help give the, the the tackle a little bit of edge? Remember what I said about Nate Davis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Shuffle, shuffle right yeah. up it, shuffle right up yeah. into it, like just get helmet to helmet right under your yeah. chin, knocked out maybe. But that, that's another yeah. that's another issue we're still working on. Uh, we yeah, gotta, he he definitely took some hits um, in the Seahawks game, but the pass the the pass blocking was improved enough that allowed us to make that comeback because they couldn't get anything going against um, against the Cardinals. Seattle's so. pass rush surprised the heck out of Colts fans week one. And I was like, what in the world? Last year, they were awful. Yeah. And now it seems like this year they have stepped it up much more than mm-hmm. what we remember from last season. 
Yeah. Jamal Adams is back in the box, uh, being that linebacker slash safety that he that he's used to being. I mean, the thing what people what people that really didn't it, it got broken down, so a lot of people saw it. But if it wasn't for that crack block by AJ to kind of spring there, I mean, Jamal's in the box. Like he's coming down there and he's ready to hit. He's gonna mm-hmm. make plays. We were able to kind of get in his head a little bit to have him a little bit frustrated, which caused the, a lot of their team to make a lot of mistakes and get a lot of penalties off of stupid stuff. But he was down there, and whenever he's down there and they let him kind of run a little bit, like he's – him and Jalen Ramsey, they love – they love to be physical. Yeah, we know that. Two weeks in a row, we play <laughs> both those guys. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lawrence, let me ask you a tough question here. Is this a do-or-die game for the Colts? No, no. Nope. I was asked that same thing about the Rams game. Mm. Uh, no, because – you mentioned it earlier. The Colts' first five games of the season is the hardest uh, NFL-scheduled first five games in decades, right, for the mm-hmm. NFL. I mean, they yeah. start off against the Seahawks, then the Rams, then you guys, then Miami, and well, Miami with Tua, without Tua. Yeah. But their defense is solid as heck. Yeah. Uh, and then the Ravens, right? Those are five mm-hmm. very, very good teams. After that, the schedule starts to ease up. Um, and and I, I feel like if we could get one or two wins out of the next three games, yeah. I think the Indianapolis Colts will be okay and we'll be able to move forward and then start stringing a lot of wins together because mm-hmm. that's, that's that time frame when we should be getting a lot of our health back and a lot of chemistry back. And the Colts will start seeing what the Colts actually are like, rather than, you know, looking at a, a, a Swiss cheese of an offensive line that haven't played together all off season. Right. Well, that's a good segue though. You know, Sam was just talking about Lawan and whether or not to play him. If Wentz is, you know, what he had, like, he was rolling around on a scooter today with, like, a boot on, and he sounds like, the, you know, the Black Knight from uh, Monty Python. Like, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, is there – do you think that it might be worth it to, you know, sit him a couple of games during this hard stretch so that he's healthy for the games that you should win? You know, honestly, I, I if it was up to me, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't – I would not play Wentz this week. I have had high ankle sprains. I know what they are like. I know that even if you tape them up and they feel good, it doesn't mean that they are, and you can make it worse. You know, uh, even taped up, you can re-roll that sucker and turn it into a severe high ankle sprain, and then you're done for four to six weeks. You know, I don't want to see that happen with him. I agree. with. I personally would rather get him healed up and have him for the long stretch rather than worry too much about what's going on this week um i i think that jacob eason he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of snaps i mean he had a whole five snaps in his whole career that was last week put in a terrible situation you know two minutes left the fourth quarter down by three and they're like okay you have a two-minute drive go ahead and try to win of course he's going to end up throwing an interception right. to jalen ramsey what, what else yeah. do you expect right yes. um but I, I do believe uh, that that he would give us a better chance to win against the Titans than a hobbled Wentz with a chance of actually injuring him even worse. Right. You know. Yeah. Because so. you could you could further injury further injure the the ankle, but then also mm-hmm. if you're a statue sitting there, you, you know that opens you up to more injuries. So exactly. and with his injury history, yeah, I think 
I think I'd play it safe. If that was me. And I'm not just saying that because I want to face the backup. <laughs> like when Jacob, when when Issa was running out there, I'm gonna like put this song clip in there. Like I could just I could just hear there goes my hero as he runs out there, and, yeah. then, and then the record scratches and Jalen picks it yeah. off. But yeah. it's just a that's, that's such an impossible situation, and I don't think even if he plays it, he plays nearly like he doesn't make that same mistake i mean that's just too much pressure for him without having any nfl snaps and stuff like that like it was in when he came in like i literally i was watching the game with my girl and i was like he's definitely gonna throw an interception like there's no way because he's gonna have to force it because they don't have enough time like he's gonna try to force a pass in there and like i saw him talking to carson on the sideway he was like uh he's talking to somebody on the sideline he's like i was trying to throw it over like i'm like yeah we knew what you were trying to do it's just when you're out there, when you're out there it's another ball game like you when you saw it in your head because I'm sure he's probably like a film rat because most backup quarterbacks are clipboard Jesus. We have one, but it, I didn't want him out there two minute warning, like a two minute drill, trying to make something happen. Like that's, it's a, that's just a tough spot. I mean, yeah. if I was a, if I was a coach fan, I'd be like, listen, I don't want like, depending on what happens with Tua, like I would be like, I don't want Carson Wentz back until we play the Ravens. Like if, if he can sit for two weeks mm-hmm. and he's able to kind of go and there's not like a big chance of re-injuring the fact that he has both legs hurt, it just that's just mind-boggling to me. But yeah. Um, well, with Jacob, with Jacob Eason, the kid is accurate. He is very and he's got a cannon. I mean, I have never seen a quarterback throw a football as hard as Jacob, maybe John Elway, right? I mean, that's how hard he, it almost yeah. looks like he teleports the football from his hand to the receiver, right? Um, and he's 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 really accurate when he's standing in the pocket doing it. Uh, his his issues are throwing while he's on the run. His accuracy drops dramatically, and he his original issues also was was getting through his progressions faster. Right, getting through those, getting to your second, your third uh, progressions, and then he doesn't have a problem going to his checkdown. It's it's the issue is protection. If if the Colts' offensive line can protect him and run the football well, Eason will do well. I really do believe that. If they cannot, and and the Titans are able to get pressure on Eason, and or the Colts' run game does not do very effective, then I think Eason could struggle. So it, it really, it all depends upon how well the offensive line, whether or not they step up and um, show improvement this week over what they have the last couple weeks. Remind me, um, because, you know, I, I remember Carson Wentz got hurt during the preseason. And initially, wasn't Ellinger, like, getting some early reps, too? Did Eason – was that ever a real thing, or is was he, that Eason's job the whole time? And- if you listen to media, Ellinger was going to get all the snaps, and he was going to be the starter at the beginning <laughs> of the season, and that Carson Wentz was going to be traded. I mean, that, that's what would be if you listen to the media. <laughs> I was there at 75% of the training camps. Mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger was not as good as Jacob Eason at throwing the football. Sam was better on the move, moving around, mm-hmm. but he was checked down Charlie all the time. His arm had no strength at it. It looked, it, he looked similar, like the his velocity of the football looked like uh, reminiscence of flashbacks uh, to Philip Rivers throwing. Okay. Okay. Jacob Eason was a much better overall quarterback than what Sam Ellinger was. That's why Sam Ellinger's on the practice squad, not actually on the team. Yep. Okay. So uh, the media were hyping him up bigger than heck, but it was just for hype. That's all it was. 
Um, you see that media likes to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's why I asked, cause you know, that's, especially when you're not following that team directly, that's the trickle down you get, Oh, watch out. You know, you might make a play for it, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I figured. Cause in the end, you know, having the arm is, is a huge step in, in being an NFL QB. Yeah. You guys going to win the game on Sunday? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, what's your official prediction there? It both. If, if, do you think Wentz starts and what do you think the outcome is? I don't think Wentz starts. I think Jacob Eason does start. Um, and when I did my podcast with DeQuell, I did not know about the injury issues that you guys were having with your offensive line. Mm-hmm. And my stat line for that at that point was um, 28-17 Titans. That was what, that's what my prediction was. Mm-hmm. I found out about the offensive line. I figured, well, maybe, maybe the Colts can, can do something, you know, here and there, but I still think the Titans are going to win. Uh, I, th- I just think it'll be a little bit closer, more like 24, 17 or something like that. I don't know. It, it'll be a little bit closer of a game yeah. than what I was initially predicting, but I still think that the Titans end up uh, walking away with this one. Right. Yeah, I, I'll be. I think it's going to be actually a sneaky high scoring game. Usually these are like, you know, fight them, drag them out type deals, but both teams have been giving up big plays in the first two games. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that on both sides and have a. I mean, a lot of it does depend on if Wentz plays, but I, I think this could be a surprisingly high scoring game. Yeah, I, I will say this if I was a Coats fan, I would not stress out, even if. Like if you come out of here, you don't get a win and stuff like that. Like I know that they're I know how our fan base is. Like we would panic if we were in the coast position. I don't think Colts fans should panic in that position. Oh, please. There's there's some Colts fans out there already saying we need to just go ahead and uh call it in and tank just the rest tank of it. Us. Yeah. God, yeah. No, I, you know, that's refreshing fans. to hear though, because it's that tells us it's not just our fan base. Man. Because people yeah. were calling for Vrabel's head in the first quarter last week. So <laughs> you have Every fan base yep. has those fans that do that. So, you know, yep. I mean, just kind of kind of take it as it is and 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 uh kind of brush it off because I mean, real fans know what's going on <laughs> and yep. and we realize, you know, what the reasons are for what's going on and never get too high, never get too low, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not what Twitter was made for, though. Right? <laughs> no, it's, not. it's one extreme or the other. All the it, time. Is, it is an absolute <laughs> jungle every single day, every take. And if you come in there, if you come in there with a neutral take, then they'll chew your head off. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. Well, Lawrence, we know uh, we know you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on, man. We appreciate you coming on to talk about the Coast Titans matchup. Always a big one. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that both sides are going to be fired up excited about this and it's always a great matchup. So we're looking forward to that. Um, guys, make sure you go check out, uh, check out Lawrence on believe in what's believe in coats. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, believe in Colts with the Cole Jackson and then yes. Colts law as well. Um, it's on YouTube, uh, Lawrence Owen, and then anywhere you listen to podcasts. There you go. You guys check him out. Uh, yeah, we uh, will definitely have you back, and we uh, we're looking forward to this one. Hopefully, uh, both teams come out here and we can get some things going for our season, man. But we appreciate you coming on, and we uh, we'll definitely chat with you soon. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, enjoyed 
believe it or not, I actually enjoyed sitting here on a Titans podcast and, <laughs> and, 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 and talking ball with you guys. That That's kind of rare. A lot of times I've done that and I've gotten, uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, we were talking about the fans there. Some fans also have podcasts, you know what I'm right. saying? And, mm-hmm. and I get some of those. So it, it, it was a pleasure being here and I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for coming. And uh, I'll, I'll say good luck to an extent on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Good luck <laughs> no, to you guys. No just yeah. not no, too no much injuries. Luck. No, right. no injuries. Right. How about that? Yeah. Now, I yeah. don't ever, no one wants to see injuries. I mean, I don't want to see injuries on the other team, right? right. I, yeah. you, you want a team to be playing at their best. So no, yeah. no injuries. Uh, let, let's have a really good game. I don't want to see no one getting thrown out of a game for having a freaking flag for uh celebration what in the yeah. world is that crap yeah, but yeah that's, that's another time <laughs> <laughs> well it was funny uh on our i don't know if you watched the seahawks titans game but we uh, the titans definitely benefited from a big taunting call there and so i was joking with sam i was like oh yeah i've always always been a big fan of the taunting yeah. calls. So, like, gotta, <laughs> gotta get that out of the game so uh, and, yeah. and as soon as it happens to us i'll take the opposite stance but we'll yeah, see. Exactly. <laughs> yeah all right lawrence brother we'll talk to you soon man we appreciate it thank you thank you all right, Nick. So I think it's time for a little bit of brain power here. So I'm I'm not that good at this kind of stuff, but I have been kind of wondering when it comes to the coats, I need to know what kind of weird stats you got for me this week, man. I don't know about how weird I got for you, but um, this is maybe a promising one. So in 2020, Carson Wentz led the league in sack percentage uh, at 10.3%. He was the only one uh, in double digits, uh, for sack percentage. So that basically means, um, on plays where he was attempting to pass, he was sacked over 10% of the time. So dude holds the ball, holds on to the ball for probably, uh, you know, longer than he should. Um, and if he's in there with two bum ankles, that's not going to necessarily help things. That's why he has two uh, bum ankles, Nick. That's yeah. what you're trying to say. That's why he has <laughs> yeah, two bum ankles. I wonder if those two things are correlated. <laughs> and, I mean, he also had uh, the second highest interception percentage in the league last year at 3.4%, which is only behind Nick Mullins. Uh, for comparison, Ryan Tannehill was at 1.5%, which was 29th in the league. Um, so, once has been a little bit better to start the season. is uh, 8% sack percentage, and he's only thrown one pick. Um, but they've got a banged up offensive line. He's banged up. So I think this could be a situation granted, you know, we don't know if he's going to play, but if he does, um, Titans defense could be primed to rack up some sacks and force some turnovers. Man. Uh, yeah, I would, I, the, yeah. I mean, what you're just trying to tell it, you literally just broke down why Carson Wentz is hurt all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think using numbers, I diagnosed his injuries. Essentially. Yeah. Pretty much that you can't be the only, this is why I call them. This is why I call them weird wild stats. Because if if you, if anybody broke this down and showed it to Carson, like Carson, listen, this is how, this is how long you hold the ball. And you keep getting hit. You want to know why you're made of glass. You're not made of glass kid. You just need to go through your progressions and throw the ball. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, in comparison, this is, you know, we talked to Lawrence a little bit about how, uh, you know, I mentioned this, how, the offense looks different. Um, Philip Rivers, I think his sack percentage um, was like fourth lowest or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a big shift for them. So it'll be interesting to see um, to see what the Titans can do against Wentz. But even if he doesn't play, you'd, you'd like to think that the Titans can also get after 
uh, the rookie quarterback and also for some interceptions. So uh, I think there's some reason to be optimistic for this weekend. Um, if you're looking for a little pessimism, uh, I'll, we'll flip it. You know, we were just ragging on uh, Wentz for taking all those sacks. Well, our pal Ryan Tannehill leads the league in yards lost due to sacks. He has lost 83 yards through two games due to sacks. Um, you know, we were just ragging on Wentz, but he's he's fourth in the league at 55 yards. So Tannehill is leading the pack. That's not a category you want to be uh, uh, ahead no. of. And again, Angels in the outfield, if that continues, he's going to be in a perma, a perma ice bath. Um, to put that in perspective, you know, 83 yards is almost as many receiving yards as A.J. Brown has through two games, which is 92. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the Titans moved in the right direction in terms of pass pro last week. Right. But you need you need to see that continue against the Colts. You can't give up that many yards. Um, that doesn't even go to say the turnovers that goes along with it and the physical toll that it takes on uh, on a ride. We don't want to see him in the Wentz boot rolling around on a scooter come next week. So got to fix that. Yeah, that's got to go. That's going to go. I mean, uh, <laughs> I tell you what I would, I tell you what I would uh, definitely like to see is I would like to see, I'd like to go this game with Tannehill actually maybe only getting, if he gets sacked, I don't want him to get, I don't want to see him get sacked more than three times. I don't want more than one man. Like he, <laughs> because these sacks, these aren't like, you know, like he's slowly falling to the ground. He's getting just drilled getting in the hit. back. He's yeah, getting like, hit. Yeah, I think because I think he's, they've had what three sacks each game. Is that what it's been? Um, but he's just getting walloped. So yeah, I want to see. I want to see under three for the first time this year. So. Well, here's well here's the good news. The good news is if we're able if we're able to establish the run game against these coats and we can kind of get everything going the right way, then mm-hmm. I, I think. Obviously, whenever he's dropping back and like he was hitting some of that, some of that play action was hitting and that rollout stuff was hitting, uh, it, it was it made it extremely harder for the defense to get to him. And I think we did a really good job on the edge whenever he's rolling out in the play yeah. action. We did a really good job of keeping those guys from breaking off of their tackles and just kind of like running him out of bounds or running him down. And he was able to kind of roll out there and kind of sling it a little bit. And if he didn't, like. I don't care if like Tanny's he's still he's, the kid can still run, man. Like if it's like if that's open, like he's running and he picking up first down. I will say this though, there was a slide, there was a there was a very questionable slide that I saw in the first run. Oh, we got a visitor. <laughs> there was a really uh there was a really questionable slide that he had where uh he slid and like literally bounced off of that knee. I didn't like that at all. Like it could have been bad. But uh, so, yeah, I think that uh, as long as he um, as long as he protects Sorry, himself, ch- children interrupted me in, in the middle of uh, I saw you had a, I saw you had a guest back there about to put her on the pod. She probably be better than Will. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. So he just has to we got he has to protect himself and we got yep. Todd has to call plays in order to protect Ron Tannehill, too. So that that also has a lot to do with it. Because yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot that a, a OC can do to put his quarterback in a good position, which is why I said sometimes you got to have a tight end in there to kind of chip. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. do some things like that. That like even whenever we couldn't get the running end going, couldn't get Henry going, we had our like AJ Brown on that crack block, like down blocking, like come in and help out, like motion inside a little bit and just kind of 
use use some creativity in order to kind of get some things open. It's kind of like basketball, right? Like every once in a while, if a team's shutting down LeBron James, which I guess it doesn't really happen, but if a team's in a position where they're planning for it, you got to get creative and like you got to run some kind of weird screen or like some like run pick and rolls and like yeah. get somebody open. It's the same type of concept, right? So you got to kind of use what you use the tools you have to kind of combat against that. Because that was the only reason we were able to kind of get Jamal Adams, even if he's in the box, ready to like knock somebody's head off, make him ineffective. You got to make people ineffective. Well, and uh, I would like to see them build on what Michael Pruitt did last week. You know, we talked about him uh, on our last pod. And then um, I, I think he's such a good pass blocker. And Swain was a good pass blocker. He's been terrible this year. So get Pruitt in there more and you can do things, you know, have him chip and then pop out and he's an able catcher. You can do some stuff there. So I'd like to see, um, you know, how, how his role increases this, this, uh, these next few games. Cause I think, man, getting, getting him back was a low key, like clutch moment for the season, I think, yeah. because Swaim has not been doing what he should. And uh, with Ferks are hurt, like, you know, Tommy Hudson had one nice catch, but that's not someone I want to be relying on. Hey, know, listen, like, the big fella in it. The big fella was in there, though. He was, he was. But yeah, if if, that, if it wasn't for Pruitt, we might have to see uh, what kind of game shape Delaney Walker is in because <laughs> it could be ugly. Um, Don't get people I, started. Don't get people started on no, that. No, no, yeah, oh, let's yeah, let's not get down that path. Oh, but, all right, one more one more stat for you here. You know, we, you got your passing yards per attempt, but net yards per passing attempt. Uh, also factors in sack yards lost and time sacked uh, to the traditional stat. So uh, looking at it from a defensive perspective, Titans have the fourth highest net yards per passing attempt in the league at 8.8 yards. So, you know, if you have watched any Titans football this year and seen what uh, Russell Wilson and, and uh, Kyler Murray have done, it's not surprising given some of the huge passing plays they've given up. Uh, but what is slightly surprising is that the Colts defense is third in the league, giving up nine net yards per pass attempt. Um, that's, you know, like we talked about with Lawrence, you know, you always hear about all oh, the Colts defense, Colts defense, but, you know, they're the third worst team in the league in net yards per passing attempt. Um, they're more competent in run defense where, you know, four and 4.3 yards per attempt is 16th in the NFL. Um, but that's also a big drop from last year. They had the second lowest. So the defense just has not been to the level that we're used to with the Colts. Um, you know, I, I think that they've, you know, they've played two great offenses in the Rams and Seahawks, but the Titans are a great offense as well. So I think it's, you know, interesting. They've been especially susceptible in the passing game, um, giving up big chunks of yards. So I think that, you know, we talked about getting AJ involved and, you know, reducing the wear and tear on AJ. So I think this could potentially be a big day for Julio and AJ. Yeah. Uh, I would love, I love, I would really love for AJ to have a big game. Like, mm -hmm. I can't, I don't think I can stress it enough how much I would really like to see him. I need to get in the end zone, need to be able to get him, just get him feeling comfortable, hit those little slack. This game, you know what? I'll save it. I'm going to go into the two minute warning. <laughs> I'll okay. say it because I yep. want to talk. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my keys are going right now. You, yeah, right. you got to save your best. Your best calls. Yeah, for let, the two let minute me, warning. Let right? me say. Let me say. Let me save it. All right. So here we go. Let me go into the two minute warning. So listen. Here we go. First of all, the Indianapolis Colts 
have shown right now that where their pressure is coming from is it's coming from the middle. So what we need is we need Nate. We need Nate and we need Roger to be, make sure that they're protecting the inside, not giving up any pressure. And I feel like that the Colts are going to try to blitz a lot of linebackers to try to get pressure in the middle. So protecting Ryan in the middle is going to be big. Also, being able to let Henry kind of still be able to pick up some yards on the inside might be tough. Uh, he, he may be able to get out to the outside and make some big plays, which is going to be great. But in order to establish those little four, little five-yard scampers that he usually gets to open up some play action will be huge. I also think that I think the Colts are going to give up a lot of receiving yards to us in the middle of the field. And I know that what we want is we want that play action home run ball down the sideline because it looks pretty and it's always a home run play and it's a lot of momentum buster. But I feel like that we need to get we need to get the middle of the field going couple a couple slant routes tight ends in the middle Pruitt keeping that momentum going staying fired up big game for him and I think that it's huge for his confidence I think that what they could do is they can kind of let him know hey listen like just continue that fire we'll get you more involved in offense and get his confidence going and you might be able to make a nice little tight end out of the kid Mm -hmm. so just keep up that kind of fire keep up that momentum and it'll be huge defense don't do whatever it was that we were doing to give up that those long pass plays. <laughs> just don't do that that's plain and simple just let's not do that uh but building on that momentum that we had in that uh in the second half of that game especially in the fourth quarter there was some really good stops in there and i think that we we were able to get enough pressure uh even dupree was even getting in there just like making just give your secondary a chance in order to make some plays like i said you can't guard people for more than six seconds it ain't gonna happen figure that out aj brain aj brown aj brain aj brown has to get going in order to kind of make uh to get his confidence going what i don't want aj to do is i don't want aj to get in a position where like he's like man you know what taking a back seat to, to julio you know what i mean like he still he still has to keep that same swagger and kind of get that going the offensive line was able to get Derrick Henry going in that game. Derrick Henry has to stay under 35 uh, carries this, this game. Like, we got that. That cannot happen again. Figure it out. Uh, luckily, you should have a better chance against the Colts in order to kind of keep that going. But we want to come out here and kind of get things going. And my last thing that I will say is I think that we come in this game, and I think that we dominate. Oh, big claim I, there. I'm big thinking, claim. I'm thinking, I'm Are thinking, you- I'm thinking – over 10 points. So are you in that claim? Are you factoring in Carson Wentz or Easton? Carson Wentz. Or either East, or. It doesn't Carson, matter. Carson Wentz, Easton, uh, Paid Manning, Eli Manning, <laughs> uh, uh, Archie Manning. Uh, I don't I don't care who it is. Bring, bring up the little cousin Manning. I don't care who the hell is the quarterback. <laughs> the Titans are we're kicking their ass all the way all back right. up to Indy on Sunday. I like it, man. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I think. We really just want to see a continuation of the good stuff we saw in the second half last last uh, last week. So, um, you know, like I said, these these division games make me a little nervous. Um, but this is the time where the Titans need to establish who they are. That they're the kings of the AFC South, and they got to make sure he remembers that. Yeah, yep. I mean, to be honest with you, man, I'm still going to stick to the point to where for some reason, for some reason, the Jets game has me more nervous than this Coast game. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, that one makes me so much more nervous. But hopefully we just hopefully we kick both of their ass. But we'll see. But uh, we got to come out here. We got it's we're due. We're due for one of those games. Like we're due for a big one. Like we this team had so has on paper. This team should 
have, should be rolling. Like, so <laughs> it's it's time to actually play to what to what the team actually has in the locker room. And I'm expecting that to happen. It's just, I understand it's really hard after you come out, come off of an emotional game like we just had. It's really hard. It's hard to get up for another mm-hmm. game like that back to back. It's not hard to get up for a coach game. Like, and so like, there's no reason for an emotional letdown or a, you know what? Like we didn't, we came in this game. We couldn't get going. We came out flat. If you come out flat against the coach, if you say in a press conference, we came out flat and you played the coach, Lord help you. And I think, you know, we, we saw the fight that this team had, and I hope that week one was just, an uh, you know, anomaly um, coming off of preseason, you know, everybody getting acclimated. So, again, continuation from last week. See that fire that we saw. Um, see the chemistry we saw on the offense. Let's get it done, man. Yeah, hey, let's just let's just go do it. We'll be back. We'll be back with the recap, and I'm gonna be on here, and I'm gonna be like, you know what? I told you we were gonna dominate. We dominated. Either that, or Nick's gonna be like, hey, listen, like never say we get, never say that we're gonna dominate again another game again. We'll see which way it goes. But I'm, I have total confidence in myself on this one, and I cannot wait for the game on Sunday. And I know you all can either. Be sure that you listen to this podcast to get yourself fired up for the game. Anyway, you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Uh, Spreaker. Where, I, I don't care where you listen. Listen, it's everywhere. Just find it, listen to it, give us a five star review, and you know, comment, DM us, DM us if I'm if we just miss a take completely. Let me know exactly. Yeah, hey, listen, I I will eat my own words if I'm wrong, but I'm always going to be on the Titans side on this, and we're gonna we're gonna do what we're supposed to do on Sunday. But that's all I got. So until next time, tighten up. Tighten up.